Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Today we're going to talk about how to talk to your child about sex. But before I go dive into this episode, I wanted to share with you guys that I'm releasing a series on sex and mental health in my bonus episode series. So if you're not on my email list, go ahead and sign up for the email list so you'll get the bonus episodes directly emailed to you. This is not something I will put on my actual lips and general podcast series. So if you need a link, if you want a link, make sure you're signing up for the newsletter. You can sign up at sexologypodcast.com or you can sign for one of our bonus episodes and uh, you will receive them as we'll release them. Anyhow, today we're talking about how to talk to your child about sex. I know that unless you were uh, living in another planet by now, you know that it's helpful to talk to your child about sex. Things changed since I was growing up, but I feel we don't have, we don't teach people specific information. So most people know, okay, great. I have to talk to my child about it but they don't know what to say, what is appropriate to say, what are what is kind of basic minimum things to say, and how they can make sure that their child will develop a healthy sexual uh, life. One of the hobbies that I have, and I know I'm a sex therapist and I have weird hobbies, but I ask people about when did you learn about sex, friends, family, and of course, clients. Most people, they got nothing from their parents. Specific, for example, myself, I remember that I was an avid reader. I was six or seven. We had these books from 50s or 60s, right before revolution, that was that had really good information about kind of sperm and egg and all of those information that was kind of very age appropriate. I remember that they, the page they were showing the parents man and woman, so it was obviously heteronormative, hugging. And on the next page, there was a baby. And and after that, they were talking about kind of fertilization of egg and all of those good stuff. But I was talking to my mom. I, I remember I brought it to my mom and grandma. They were having tea. And I asked them, you know, this, is, this does not make sense. They're hugging. How did the sperm got in? And I remember the look of horror in my grandma, God bless her soul. I remember she was sweating. My mom was not making eye contact. It was a bad five minutes until I realized as a kid that I was was six. I was like, okay, you know, don't worry about it. And I left because I know I, I felt that two grown up woman was just so uncomfortable telling me about reproductive system and where a child was hap- was uh, coming from and how the ovulation happens and fertilization and all of that, that I decided to say, never mind. And I know this is not a kind of a single incident that I'm not alone in it. I ask my clients, most of the time, they either had no education at all, or they got some very kind of a sex negative messages, like you should not masturbate or make sure no one is touching your genital, which is a good message if it's in the context. Anyhow, long story short, I'm going to talk about what to say and how to say it. 
And we're also going to talk about what to do if you catch your child in the act, like being playing, doing sexual activities or doing things with other kids. I'm going to do it based on different age groups. So I encourage you to listen to all of it because sometimes it helps people when I talk about this, they get present on this often. People kind of say, oh, that's why that could make sense for me when I did this, that happened as a child. But if you are specifically interested in, in a specific age group, make sure you are moving to that kind of like fast forwarding this recording. So basic information is to what to tell your child. So how to choose what to say. The most important thing is the child's age. The information you would give to your five-year-old is definitely not the information you would give to your 13 or 15-year-old. Sometimes people say, oh my God, why should I talk to my child that young? Or why should I talk about sex and sexuality with my child, period? However, a recent study of American teens showed that nine out of 10 teens said it would be easier to delay sexual activity and prevent unwanted pregnancy if they were able to have more open, honest conversation with their parents on these topics. So uh, just FYI, I wanted to make sure that this information that I'm giving you is accurate and scientific-based. So part of it is coming from NCTSN surveys and questions and foundings, and uh, the other part comes from the Na National Task Force for Sex Education. I leave a link in the show notes to those things. So you know, even if you don't want your child to have unwanted pregnancy or you are coming from a conservative society and community, talking about sex doesn't make your child want to have sex. It's just give them accurate information. And young people do not wake up one day out of blue after their 13th birthday, after puberty, and out of blue transform into a sexual being. Even young children are sexual in some form. So you have to start very, very early. So I'm going to go through the stages, but make sure you're talk, giving them some information based on their age. Also, what the child observes from like in your family, friends, in the culture. Maybe if you are from a culture that you have not, you have not necessarily had an open sexual kind of environment, the information might be slightly different than the information you would give to a child that grows up in very openly sexual household and also communities. And the other thing is what, it, what the child is taught. I think one of the things that my mom was always telling me when I still have some resentment around the sex education that I didn't receive was that my mom always saying that, you know, my value was different than value of the society. I grew up right after the revolution. She said, I didn't know what to say. They were teaching abstinence-based, sex-negative information at school. I didn't know what to say that wouldn't jeopardize you at school. So it's, it's important to talk to your children about your values and what, what's important for you as a family. One thing that I highly, highly encourage, the first stop is to talk to your spouse, to your partner, the father of the child, about each of you, your values and shared values. And what are some of the things you're hoping for your child to have as, as she grows or he grows up? 
So you're kind of clearly communicating those values to the children, because I can guarantee you that someone is transferring their values to uh, specifically around sex to your child. So it's better if it's your values. And I think, it's, again, starting very early is a good, good idea. Children as young as four or even younger are very curious and sometimes startling curiosity that they have can be kind of jarring for some parents. They might kind of like grab people's genital. They might uh, show their private part to other people. They might be very curious when grown-ups are changing clothing. It doesn't mean that they've been sexually abused. It doesn't mean that the kid is weird. All it means is just they're curious and they have questions that they need to be answers and they need to have some information about sex and sexuality. Anyhow, so let's start first with saying, what are some uncommon sexual behaviors in children of different age? We'll start with preschool children. So the first part is for children less than four years. So you heard it right. You got to start very early. So what are some of the common things for these children of this age? Kind of examining, exploring, touching genital in public and private. I cannot tell you how many times I got calls from parents being very worried that their child touching themselves in public. Rubbing private part against the toys, against objects, showing their private parts to others removing clothing and wanting to be naked at all the odd times. I'm laughing because I just got a memory of when I was four. <laughs> I had this I had this obsession with drawing naked women. All of my drawing, all of them, every single one of them were like naked people playing tennis, having dinner. I guess like I was a nudist in heart. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was so worried that she took the notebooks to my uncle. He was a, he is still a gynecologist and he was laughing for a good, I don't know, 10 minutes. And he, he told her that's normal. But children very young, I guess, long story short, they're very curious about kind of sexuality around uh, nudity, naked bodies. They can ask questions about their own and other bodies and bodily function. And curious about poops and peas. And if you have a young children, you, you know that like, how much they want to talk about this, these topics. So what to teach them? I think that's very important. And that's where I want you to focus on. So we're talking about preschool children less than four. We're telling them that boys and girls are different. I mean, I would imagine everyone is kind of on board with that. Very, very important. Give them accurate information about their body parts for boys, uh, boys and girls. Very important to tell your to tell your child, like especially like even girls, because sometimes parents are very hesitant to talk about it. But specifically that this this called this, this called vulva, this called clitoris. Like if they have asked questions, show them and answer the question. You don't need to kind of go in detail, but just tell them the body part, name of the body part. And also kind of like telling them babies come from mommies. That's all the information they would need at this age. Tell them and teach them very early on rules about personal boundaries. For example, it's important to keep your private part covered, not touching other children's private part, what to say if someone's touched your private part. 
and give simple answers to all the questions that they have around sex. Don't be like my mom and grandma to kind of like turn red and kind of like be passing out if a child asking. You can give them a simple response that's accurate, but it's not detailed. Very, very important information is safety information. So we're now transitioning to safety information. So tell them about the difference between okay touch, which are comforting, pleasant, welcome, and not okay touch, which are intrusive, uncomfortable, unwanted, or painful. And be kind of okay with kind of talk, telling them kind of more detailed information in it, not necessarily in graphic, but kind of give them example of okay and not okay touch. Very clear that your body belongs to you and model it. For example, if you're seeing a relative that like, like you're visiting a relative and the child does not want to give a kiss to uncle or aunt, telling her that's okay or telling him that's okay. Tell them everyone has right to say no to being touched, even by grownups, even by people that they love and care and model it. So if they, they don't want to give you a kiss, just don't kind of like pull them and kiss them. No, no one, child or adult, has rights to touch your private parts. It's okay to say no when grown-up asks to do things that, you're, that you think they're wrong, such as touching your private parts, keeping secrets from mommy and daddy. And definitely kind of talk to them about the secret thing. So there is a difference between a surprise and a secret. Surprise is something that, you, that will be revealed soon, like a present. But like if your dad want to surprise me, but secret is something you that they, the person might ask you that you would never supposed to tell. Tell them that there, it's not okay to keep any secret from mommy and daddy. So have this rule with them that if I if something happens, if someone asks you about keeping the secret, make sure you're telling me so they know that it's, they have this kind of obligation to tell you guys these secrets as children. So you can protect them from, hopefully, from perpetrators. Who to tell if people do not okay things to you? So give them those information that, okay, if someone's doing something that you don't say anything, but you feel it wasn't okay, who you can talk to. And be very specific and kind of honest and open about it. So now we're transitioning to young children. So we're talking about four to six years old. What are some of the common sexual behavior for this age group? They're touching their private part, not by accident. Children this young can start masturbating. Occasionally that can happen in the presence of other people. At times they want to continue seeing other people naked or changing clothing. They perhaps see things in the cartoons and movies. They at times want to mimic dating behaviors. So these are, these are the things like kissing, holding hands. These are the kind of a more kind of a quote unquote PG-13 things, 13 things. If they're kind of like mimicking sexual behaviors that are advanced, that at times I get calls that like kids are kind of acting out sexual behaviors that more adult, what to do. We're going to talk about this, but these are talking, I'm talking here about like things as simple as holding hands, talking about private parts and using quote unquote naughty words and exploring private parts of other 
kids and themselves like playing doctors, the games that I'll show you mine if you show me yours. So these are common things that kids of this age perhaps engaging in. So if you catch your child doing this, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them. They're just showing the age appropriate behaviors. So now we're transitioning to what to teach them and when. (laughs) I know the challenging part. So we teach them at this age, we're talking about four to six years, Boys and girls' bodies change when they get older. So this is around the puberty. You're kind of preparing them that, you know, people's body changes, telling them that people's body changes at different different times, right? So some some people's body parts might develop at different ages. So you're planting seeds around puberty. Simple explanation of where the babies are coming from. They're coming from the mom's womb and talking about the birth process. So they know that could be vaginal, could be C-section, but not more than that. Rules about, we continue talking about rules about personal boundaries. And I hope that you guys are kind of like reiterating that on the kind of daily interactions. So we're talking about like, you know, keeping your private part covered, not touching other kids. This is a time you can tell them touching your own part can feel nice. But it's something that usually people do in private. So you're not shaming them. So if you catch them masturbating, touching themselves, you don't kind of go wash their hands or do this drastic thing. Tell them, you know, it, it feels nice, but you perhaps you want to do it in your room or make sure you're doing it when the door is closed. Again, if that's a rule that you guys have, I know some parents that they don't necessarily even want to say that because they don't want the child to have bad experience around masturbation and like early sexual experiences. To me, I think it's because of how a child might get treated in kindergarten or the issues that cause if the child is touching themselves in public, it's helpful to give them that information. Now we're transitioning to safety information. And my heart, and I hope that you guys are kind of like at least bare minimum talking about safety information. So some of the safety information is sexual abuse is someone touching you in your private part and ask you to touch them. And again, these are very young children, but you tell them specifically that that could be part of sexual abuse. It, It is still could be abuse if it is someone that you know and tell them. And you can even kind of like give them examples in the movies, different places that abuse is never the child's fault. So you're planting seeds that something, if something happens, you don't need to feel shame. You can just tell the grown-ups. If the other thing is if a stranger tries to get, get you to go with him or her, we run, tell the parents, tell the police, give them information about that and continue talking about who to tell if someone does not okay touch and ask you to do not okay things to them. So you're continuing this conversation around around kind of like what what to do if God forbid something happened. Now we are transitioning to school age children. These are seven to 12, so pre-puberty. So what are some of the common sexual behaviors that you might notice in, in this age? The other part is they might continue masturbating, usually in private. So definitely uh, respect their personal boundaries, kind of like if you're suspecting the masturbating, don't shave them. Don't if you discover things, don't don't try to make a big deal out of it, and just like treat it as something that they're doing, and just kind of respect their boundaries. 
playing games with other children of their age that involves sexual behavior, like truth or dare, playing family, boyfriend, girlfriend. These are not things that they are kind of like, they're not having intercourse, but they are doing things that involve some kind of sexual behavior that might be kind of kind of shocking for the parents. Attempt to see other people naked or undressing. This is, this is a time of curiosity. So people looking at pictures of naked or partially naked people. This is the age that people start getting exposed to sexually, sexual content in media. So it's important to talk to them about kind of what to, what to do if you see things that like in an in, uh, internet, if they have any question, be open about it. So you might want to kind of change your parental control if you feel like there is, these things are inappropriate, but answer the questions. I was at this conference last year and they were telling that uh, children the young, the, as young as 12 these days are getting exposed to hardcore porn. So if they already watch the porn, there is nothing you can do to undo that. Just answer the questions. And talk to them about safety online. I think that's something else that we're going to, I'm going to talk about in the safety section. Wanting more privacy. For example, they don't want to get naked in front of other people. They don't want to talk about sex and sexuality with adults. Beginning to kind of experiencing sexual interest in peers. Very normal. They're not acting on it, but they're just curious about it. So what to teach them? Basic information is uh, for this age group is what to expect and how to cope with changes of puberty. Very, very important to not give negative information around body and how their body is changing. As most of you guys, if you're a listener of this show, know that I work with clients who are struggling with eating disorders. But and also some of the challenges when I talk to clients is that their their eating disorder started during puberty because of part of it is because of the pressure from parents around like you're gaining weight, what's wrong with you, putting them on diet. Tell them that like some some people's body goes through puberty sooner and later depending on their genetic and depending on many different things. Tell them basic information around reproduction, pregnancy, and childbirth. Tell them about risk of sexual activity and if that's a value for you, the pleasure of it. So this is a wonderful time to talk about like your values and family values with your kid openly. Please, whatever you're doing, just don't kind of like have this sex negative conversation about sex. Even if you want to teach them abstinence, tell them sex is great, but perhaps something you want to share with, with your spouse after marriage, depending on what, what kind of value you have. But don't turn sex to this monster that's dirty and horrible, hoping them that they will not have sex. Because oftentimes what I hear is that people end up having sex they just feel bad about sex and sexuality, even when they're married. So just be honest and have a positive, sex positive conversation. The other thing you want to talk to them is basics of contraception. Side note, I have this different books based on different age groups that I leave a link in the show notes to them. If it's uncomfortable for you to talk about contraception, you can read these books with them. You can watch these videos with them. So they would have the information. Don't rely on schools to teach them these, this information. Depending on the school, they may or may not teach them. Depending on the teacher, they may or may not teach it correctly. Make sure your child knows how to not get pregnant. 
The other thing that you want to talk about is master continue talking about masturbation is common. It does not lead to long-term problem, but should be done in private. So don't use scare strategies saying that this is something that like will cause like I know back in the day they were saying like blindness, hairy palms, all of those things that are inaccurate. Make sure they're feeling okay about their body so and touching it because they are they will I can guarantee you most people will end up doing it anyway. You're just empowering them with giving them right information. We're continuing the safety information with this age group. Again, telling them that sexual abuse may or may not be involved touch. Kind of teach them about maintaining their safety and personal boundaries when chatting with people online. So teaching them that what the risk of talking to someone online and what can you do if, if you suspect something is wrong, kind of have some rules that if you're telling me I'm not going to punish you, I went to this trafficking, sex trafficking class a couple of years ago as a continuing education. And a Long Beach police was saying that, and he was sharing with us that one of his colleagues in police department discovered completely out of blue that his daughter, who was 12, uh, was ready to run away with a person that turned out to be one of the main traffickers in Long Beach. She just didn't know it. And she, she, at the end, she was kind of, ha- she was seeing these red flags, but she was scared to tell her father. So ve- make sure that you're t- teaching them that, okay, if you're sharing this with me, may or may not have consequences, encourage them to have this open conversation uh, with you guys. And also teach them about uh, risky social situation and how to avoid them. This is the age that's a perfect time to talking about consent and continue talking about consent. And kind of like this is the age that many children kind of start being interested in having sex, like maybe around 12 or slightly older and teach them that uh, what, what they can kind of like, they have right to say no. So these are the things I have for the up to the age of 12. So if the child is older than 12, like now we're talking around adolescent years. So if you haven't talked to them by now, it's going to be really talk to you, start talking to your teenager about it. But if you, if you are someone that's already built on the information that, that we talked about, now they are young, uh, turning to the young teens, you can talk to them about kind of different things like sexual response system, which is different than reproductive system. You can talk to them about kind of like the changes in pregnancy. Definitely tell them about like how sexuality is, could be multifaceted, talking about biological, social, psychological, cultural dimensions, definitely normalizing sex, talking about sexuality as natural part of human being. You can talk to them about uh, how people's sexual interests might be very different. There's nothing wrong if someone's interest is different than yours or kind of also telling them about how porn is not accurate depiction of what's going on. So you're setting up for feeling okay about their sexual interests, things that they're interested in. And if that's something that you believe that talking about healthy sexuality enhances total well-being. Also telling them about how people's interest in sexual activity and expression may change as they age. Definitely talking about older adult sex, if that's something that's okay with you, that we humans are sexual in all ages. And kind of like normalizing that sexual expression 
is part of a human experience and it's okay to kind of express your uh, sexuality. Tell them about hopefully reproduction functioning is different than sexual functioning. Tell them about kind of like kind of like some challenges that people might have around fertility. Talking about menopause is when a woman's reproductive capacity sees. So like more advanced information. But I guess the most important part of conversations are happening before 12. So as you notice, I'm the information around with, that you're sharing with your teen and uh, older teen are kind of like transferring your values. Because I bet that if you're talking to your 14-year-old, they already know about basics of some basics of physiology and sex and sexuality. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about is what to do when you catch your young child kind of doing sexual kind of play with the kids and what are some of the okay ones and what are some of not okay ones. I already covered part of it. But one thing that I wanted to emphasize is like kind of if you're trying to gauge is the typical childhood sex- sexual play, it's helpful if you keep in mind few of the few of these things I'm going to talk about. These kind of typical childhood sexual play happens between children that are kind of similar age, similar physical size. It's kind of spontaneous, unplanned. So it's not necessarily that they kind of have elaborate plan on it, like they're just playing other things and they kind of like talking, they want to kind of show their parts to each other. It's infrequent. So like if you catch your daughter or son doing it once or twice, it might not say anything. But if it's happening very frequently, the sexual play with children, that might be something you want to pay attention. Is voluntarily, and I guess the easy thing is, like the important thing is easily divert it. So when, uh, when you tell children to stop and explain privacy rules, they, they will not go back to it. I know as a parent, it can be very scary to discover like ch- children in middle of sexual act, depending on what they're doing. Very, very important to keep calm, right? Even if it means like you have to take a minute, keep calm and kind of ask, start with asking kind of open ended question. If you want to make sure that kind of assessing, is it a kind of a common things or it's something uncommon? Ask them kind of like, what were you doing? Kind of like asking them in a kind of neutral tone, kind of then they can follow up after you hear from them that, how did you get the idea? So it gives you kind of good information about where did they got this, like sexual information? Is it through movies? If it's something that's inappropriate, what can you do? At times I hear that kids are playing this kind of more advanced game, advanced games or activities with the other peers. And sometimes I hear that it comes from like in families that there are divorced, like poor boundaries at the other parent's house. Perhaps the other parents had the porn open or they had the movies open. So it gives you information about kind of like what you can do if the behavior is too advanced for a child to address it on your own. The other thing is like, how did you feel about about doing it? So this would be a great opportunity. I know that at times parents might be embarrassed and child might be embarrassed, but to give them information about healthy boundaries and rules about sexual behavior. So it can be a teaching moment. And if you are handling it calm and collectively, that can help That can help the child feeling okay uh, coming to you in future if something happens, if they have any questions. And they would see you as an authority that, oh, my mom or my dad has good information about this. Let me ask him or she's going to be comfortable with this. So these are some of the suggestions I have. 
I know that it can be very challenging to talk about these things with your child. So if this is something that you feel like you cannot talk to them directly, there are books that you can read with your children. I leave a link in the show notes to them. Also, if you're a Farsi-speaking listener, like a few years ago, I did this brief TV interview around what to tell your child. I leave a link in the show notes with Dr. Raufi, Gem TV. I'll leave a link if I can find it, hopefully, in the show notes. At the end, also, I wanted to play a clip that one of my colleagues and one of my wonderful listener, Dr. Ari Talkman, left for our for our other listener who asked a question about why his wife didn't want to say want to have sex with him and and also kind of like what he can do. And we had this full episode two weeks ago around that. So this is very helpful kind of feedback that Dr. Talkman had for our listeners. Hi, Nazanin. It's Ari Tuckman. I just listened to episode 126 about the guy in the sexless marriage. And there's always lots of really important points that you made. I just wanted to sort of add another piece. So, you know, it just it seems like this is a couple who's really just living their lives in parallel, clearly bothers the guy. I don't know if it bothers the woman. I don't know if the wife is bothered by this and therefore if she's motivated to do anything about it. So, you know, and maybe that he needs to talk to himself about this. And then the two of them need to talk to each other about like, is this a relationship that they actually want to keep? Like, is this worth working on? I don't say that because I'm encouraging them not to work on it and to separate. But, you know, I think that really sort of looking at what the alternative is, that if we don't work on this, it's not going to be worth keeping, makes it easier to do the hard work to make the relationship worth keeping, definitely in terms of their sex life, but in terms of all the rest of it. And, you know, I think it's easy to stay stuck. When we stay stuck, then we wind up just being kind of passive and not addressing it. So, you know, sometimes really examining that question of, is this worth keeping, makes it easier to do that hard work to make the relationship actually worth keeping. Awesome. Keep up the good work. Bye. If you are having a question, make sure you are recording it at sexologypodcast.com. There's this blue tab where you can record your question, and I would love to answer those questions on this show. Okay, this was our show. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.